in general, I will just share this philosophy. It's not completely unique, but uh, but I but I, it's a, it'll be a reminder for some people. Both and is the way, hmm. right? Hmm. We get so caught up with like, is it going to be this or is it going to be that? Well, almost every time it's going to be both and. It's going to be somewhere in the middle. The middle way is the way. There's room for everybody. Welcome to Stay Paid Real Estate Marketing. Unlock the secrets of success in the real estate world where each episode delivers valuable tips and strategies to elevate your marketing game and help you succeed in both life and business. Brought to you by Reminder Media. This podcast is brought to you by Reminder Media, the company that keeps the lights on in our studio, including our take action sign behind us. Luke and I have worked together over the last 20 years to help small business owners stay top of mind with a mission to help them generate more repeat and referral business. We help business owners with everything from lead generation, print marketing, social media content, geographic farming, and more. We've had the opportunity to help over 100,000 entrepreneurs over the last 20 years. It's really been amazing. If you'd like to see how we can help you and your business, be sure to check out ReminderMedia.com slash StayPaidMarketing. That's ReminderMedia.com slash StayPaidMarketing. Take action on that today. Welcome to Stay Paid Real Estate Marketing. I'm Joshua Stike along with Luke Acri. And before we bring on our guest today, we'd love it if you take a minute to subscribe to Stay Paid on Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you're not already subscribed. And while you're there, drop us a review. We'll re- read it here, excuse me, on the show. This week's featured review comes from Yulia Glasgow. So oh, Yulia nice. commented actually on one of our Black Friday ads on Facebook. Oh, really? Uh, uh, kind of a funny comment said, I'll post my my review on Apple. She rates it five stars, says, Luke and Josh are pretty much family now. I started listening to the podcast two and a half years ago and now can't wait for Mondays and Thursdays. And on other days, I just go back and re-listen for more golden nuggets. Luke and Josh are in my car, in my office, in my gym, and believe it or not, in my shower. Although she clarifies, on a speaker, in my shower. <laughs> This podcast has added an impeccable value to my business. I won't stop listening and am forever grateful. Well, we are grateful for you, Yulia, for leaving that awesome review. Our guest today is Ethan Butte. Ethan is the chief evangelist at Follow Up Boss, a massively popular CRM for real estate agents and is a Wall Street Journal bestselling author, having written two books, Human-Centered Communication and Rehumanize Your Business. Ethan also hosts Real Estate Team OS, a podcast to help you start, grow, and optimize your real estate team. Ethan, welcome to Stay Paid. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much. Appreciate you guys. You're not in my shower, but you've definitely been in my earbuds on, on neighborhood walks. Uh, but that's Excellent. awesome. I love that Excellent. review. We'll take that. That's so great, man. <laughs> Ethan's excited to have you on the show. Um, like I said, before we got on, I've been following you since Bomb Bomb, and then now you're doing your stuff at uh, Follow Up Boss. I'd love to dive right into, you launched a podcast recently that I've been tuning into. Uh, It's great content. Um, You put out phenomenal content, but it's really around this idea of how to operate a real estate business well. And you've interviewed some of the greatest agents and teams already. I would love for you to share just your thoughts on why did you start the podcast? And then two, if we can dive into some of the things you've already taken away from these top teams that you're seeing, especially in this market, in this environment right now. Yeah, very good. Thank you for this. Uh, yeah, so that was the one of the main reasons I came over is my first charge. I've only been at Follow Up Bosses. We're recording this for about four months. Uh, but Steve Passanelli, who's my co-author on both books, uh, he was my CMO at BombBomb. He had joined Follow Up Boss. And, uh, you know, of course, we stayed in conversation. He had this vision that there should be a better way for people to learn about the team model. I mean, there are a couple of ways to do it. One is to follow a podcast 
uh, where it comes up. But most of those, it's either coming up like once every sixth episode Mm -hmm. um, or the show itself is really a vehicle. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with this. It's a vehicle for that team leader or that broker owner to essentially create recruiting content. Um, It's not really a, a broad perspective from multiple people in multiple markets of teams at different stages and sizes. Um, and of course, teams uh, are some of our best customers at follow up boss. So Steve had this idea, we kind of kicked it around for a little while. I was like, all right, I'm going to come over and join you at follow-up boss and get this thing going. So again, as you said, real estate team OS, um, it is a show for brokers, owners, team leaders, but it's also a show for solo agents thinking about starting a team or joining a team. And I guess to kind of bridge this a little bit into the second part of your question, um, I've come of the mind, I've done now 30 some interviews, uh, as you said, with a lot of, you know, really awesome people who've built really successful businesses. And um, I've come of the mind that there are probably tens of thousands of agents who would be better off from a lifestyle perspective and from an income perspective joining a real estate team. And so if anyone's, I'll just call them team curious, uh, you know, if you're curious about what this is and what it's about, um, listen to some of these team leaders, because every one of them was a solo agent at one point too. And a lot of them started their uh, started their business intending to be solo agents, but wound up building teams just uh, as a matter of course. And so um, there are a lot of different stories. Everyone's story is unique and it's been really fun to get into those. And just last thing here, of course, the traditional podcast, Apple podcast, Spotify, et cetera, it's in YouTube. All of them are full length episodes in YouTube. And of course, tons of short stuff on Instagram, TikTok, weekly email, et cetera. So lots of it different truly, ways, whatever you prefer to consume. Yeah, it truly is great content. I would recommend everybody, especially in the real estate industry, listen to it because you get such good insight. I'm, I'm curious to dive a little deeper into that of you're basically saying you're coming to the opinion that joining a team is the way to go for a lot of agents. Do you believe the solo agent will exist in the next decade or so uh, to any high degree? Or do you believe everything is going to go to this team, mega team type environment? No, I, I don't. I mean, it's it's the right situation for the right person at the right time. There are people who will, for example, one of the reasons I started coming to this conclusion uh, is that I typically will ask people for advice for that agent thinking about when, whether, how to start a team or or take it from, you know, it's me, a full-time assistant and, uh, and a buyer's agent or something like that alongside me. Like I've got this like little two, three, four person team it's effective, it's profitable. I'm trying to decide whether or not to like push it out and, you know, do I turn this into a 50 agent operation over the next X amount of time? So I'm asking them for that kind of advice. And some of the things that these team leaders are saying is, I wish I had joined a team before I started my own so that I could see, this is how all of us learn, right? Mm -hmm. We get exposed to something, we listen to a podcast conversation uh, like this one, and we think about it, we process it, um, we think about what we liked about it, what we disagreed with, why do we disagree with it, how vehement are we about it, do we know that factually, or is that just emotion? You process the stuff, and you wind up making your own decision, and change. it's the same thing here, go inside an operation where it seems like it's a good fit for you, by the way, interview teams, Go in and interview teams and don't just ask how many leads are you going to give me? Ask them how they operate, what drives them, what the culture's about, how they started, why they started, et cetera. And you'll find a good fit probably. You get inside, 
You stay there for as long as you need or want to. In some cases, you can start building your team inside that team. I'm hearing that story a ton um, is, you know, one of the things I'm most proud of is I, you know, I eventually like merged this brokerage into a team bridge and now I have multiple teams growing inside my organization. So this gives you the chance to learn and grow and even play like in a safe sandbox environment of, you know, I'm surrounded by people who uh, I'm culturally aligned with. I've learned from them. They provide great training. They have a great tech stack, all these other things that like I'm put into a position. This is another reason you might join a team. I'm put in a position where I'm doing what I love to do most, which is engage with clients, right? I'm not necessarily great at um, you know, running the backend operations. I'm much more of the relational seller. Um, don't do the things you're not good at. I don't love social media. Don't do it. Right. Let the team do it for you. Like, so And different teams have different strengths as well. And so you might join it to learn, see what you like about it, see how they're doing it well, see what you would do differently and either grow inside that organization or pop out and go do it somewhere else or go do it on your own. A lot of uh, teams are running independent brokerages as well. Yeah, I see that. But they started inside a Keller Williams office, let's say. Yeah, no, I see that. Like my brother is a real world example of he's was a Keller Williams agent. Now he has a team. I think it's 14, 15 agents. Um, He's at that inflection point. And I don't know if you've gotten insight or what your insight would be on this is he trains up agents. They become top, top producers. And then he suffers the pain point that everyone does where they go, well, I can go do this on my own. Right. And then I don't have to have the split or whatever. Right. The argument is a lot of times it comes down to split for people because they don't understand the value that is being produced by the team. And that's that's it. That's a messaging problem. Yeah, that's the crux of the whole thing. People don't, I mean, like the the main reason someone would not join a team are, um, I don't want to, you know, subvert my own self or my brand to some other, you know, team brand, which by the way, doesn't have to happen. There are a number of teams that really are all about individuals and individual brands, but the split is one of the biggest ones. They just look at a number, like why would I go to 50, 50, let's say, or why would I even go to 70, 30 on self-sourced in the context of the team? But the bigger problem here isn't the split on its face. It's that I don't actually understand my P&L. I don't actually understand what I'm paying for and what I'm getting for at such a level that I can actually put an apples to apples comparison ahead. The only the apples to apples you're comparing is the split itself. You're not looking at the value that you're getting um, in terms of time saved, leverage produced things you don't like doing and aren't good at being taken away and done by a specialist for that short stage of the transaction process. But uh, to, to this, to, uh, to your brother's business, I have heard this story. A, it's never completely preventable because as I said, it's the right situation for the right person at the right time. Mm. And someone's best place inside your organization might be from here to there. And that's okay. At the other, at the same time, though, you might interview people uh, who are leaving and uh, and find out what that's about. I'm thinking now of a conversation I had with Carrie Shull, who's uh, in the D.C. Northern Virginia market. She also has uh, something going in Florida as well. And she said when she was losing top producers, I think Compass came into their market and like offered all these yeah. like packages and like took a bunch of agents out of her business. And she realized one of the reasons she was vulnerable at that time and something that she has since corrected is that she was more interested in what she wanted for those agents 
rather than what those agents wanted for themselves. Mm. She she had a number in her head. I want, and I forget what they are exactly. It's, it's in one of the episodes. Uh, but it's, you know, she wanted X percent or the top X percent or the top 10 of her agents to have a, um, a GCI of X, whatever that was. So this is what she wanted for them. But she really wanted it for the team and for the stat. It's a great recruiting stat, by the way, you know, Uh, and then she wanted to get the next X percent or the next X number of agents up to a GCI of, you know, X minus. Um, And she didn't realize that some of these people were perfectly satisfied where they were. They had great work life balance. They had a great income more than they needed. Um, And and that's and what they maybe wanted was this opportunity to start growing a team. Uh, themselves and really to kind of dip their toes in that water. And so again, uh, she changed her model. She uh, switched to a different brokerage that supported that model and uh, and now has, you know, teams within her team and a place where people can continue learning and growing um, and stay with her longer. Yeah, it's such a great golden nugget because I know we've experienced this about Reminder Media, our company. It's like you can't want for someone something more than they want it for themselves. <laughs> yeah. And we all fall into that trap trying to grow our business. It's like you want it more than they want it. And really what it is, is it's like you don't, it's not because you don't care, but you're not really actually truly caring about the vision of that person and their life. And and that's why I think Ed Milet talks all the time about your vision for your company has to be big enough for the vision of the person that is working with you to fulfill the vision of their life. And when those don't align, where the vision for their life doesn't align with the vision of the company, well, that's when it's time to part ways. And that's not a bad thing. That's the right person on the right seat of the bus type concept. So, you know, I think that, you know, my brother has struggled probably, you know, presenting that to people messaging wise of the value. Have you heard that team leaders are literally sitting down and walking through the value that they offer? Like P&L wise, here's what we're spending, you know, for you. Like, I'm just curious, like any insight on like, how do you get ahead of that and message that like our team leads sitting down and, and literally walking through the P&L? What are they doing to overcome that? I love this. You teed me up for like a preview. This episode I just recorded uh, a couple of days ago, but it doesn't release until um, uh, uh, like a couple of months from now. Not even. It'll it'll come out in like early mid January. It's Winston Murray, uh, who's the founder of uh, Works Real Estate up in Portland and Seattle, uh, up in the Pacific Northwest, and he very specifically. And this isn't just from a recruiting perspective, although it gets brought to that stage as well. Um, this is an ongoing conversation where he has laid out a clear picture of, you know, this is this is for for an existing agent. You know, this is what the last six months looks like. This was our cut. This was your cut. This is where the spend went, et cetera, et cetera. And he's also modeled out what this would look like uh, in a different situation wow. uh, with, hmm. with some with some basic assumptions. And it's not that hard to do, frankly. I mean, if you just, you know, any broker or owner knows kind of what the average or, or team leader should know, you know, what some of the main offices are offering in terms of, you know, splits for different types of deals and this type of a thing. And then you can model out what is the cost of a showing assistant approximately? What's the cost of those photos and videos that we're doing for all of your listings? Um, And these, so you just kind of do, it doesn't have to be in detail transaction by transaction. You can like give it a, a high level overview and, and the point is, uh, and in fact, the episode that I just released uh, this morning with Tristan Almada, 
of lab coat agents and he, i mean he does the whole yeah, kinds he's of awesome. in the industry yeah. yeah um that episode concludes with um three things that every team leader needs to be focused on and we've, we've already covered them all three of them actually in our conversation so far one is being very clear about what you offer what do you offer and is it compelling and using the feedback that you're getting from the market are people that you're trying to recruit actually committing to you are people that are productive staying with you so it's like what is your offer why would anyone join or stay with your team you need to be clear on that and it does need to be differentiated um two is having a vision and communicating that vision very clearly. Where are we going as a team? What is your place in that? And there are lots of different ways to do that. And that applies not just to agents, but also to your staff, right? Mm. Uh, And then the third one is uh, where we just were, which is communicating that you're actually delivering that value. He said his goal as a team leader is to take literally everything off their plate except the activities, the touches, the appointments, the, um, you know, the, the contracts and commitments, the, you know, the actual delivery, the closure, and then staying in touch over time. Like you have all the client facing actions. We'll take everything else. Let's do this. So, you know, it's, it's a, communicating that value is super clear. And I would just extend that. Like that's just basic good marketing period yeah. and good leadership and good management is, you know, in general, when we think about any transaction for anything from a simple, you know, $10 purchase to a, you know, million dollar investment um, in any product or service, you're making promises on the marketing and sales side, kind of pr- promises, you have a reputation, et cetera. Um, you, or you, you kind of close the gap between what they hope for and what they expect and what you're actually going to deliver. You get them to commit, you deliver it. And then this is the step that so many people miss. You remind them that you're delivering or have delivered everything that you promised in the beginning that they paid for. And so in the absence of closing that last gap of, hey, remember when we talked about X, Y, and Z? Check it out. We're already, we've already achieved X so uh, and Y and Z are like right around the corner. When we leave that gap open, A, people are left to their own devices to decide whether or not they got their value. Um And then second, uh, they don't know necessarily what's ahead in terms of like ultimately delivering on what the promise was. I don't have a reason to renew the subscription. I don't have a reason to do this thing again. I don't have a reason to recommend you because you haven't, this is the whole theme of human centered communication, meeting people over halfway on any piece of communication you have, Mm. make it really easy for people to understand and process that you have done all the things you said you were going to do. When we meet people over halfway on anywhere where we want to meet them, um, we just make it easier, yeah. more, more likely to get what we want. Imagine this, you're driving around town and you see a house that you previously sold with a for sale sign in the yard featuring an agent that isn't you. There's no worse feeling than knowing you missed out on an opportunity for repeat business simply because a former client forgot your name. With Reminder Media's help, you can become unforgettable with your own branded magazine. In fact, 70% of people who receive a personally branded magazine from their agent have done repeat business with them simply because they sent them the magazine. Never lose another client again because they forgot who you were visit remindermedia.com slash forgotten agent to request your free sample of our branded magazine that's remindermedia.com slash forgotten agent take action on this today that's so good it's funny uh we interviewed um the guy who ran the business unit of bye bye baby uh, we were actually interviewing him for our company. A great guy. Cool. He was like a consultant and stuff like that. But um, he used the word like in, you know, running 
big organizations, big teams. You use the word where most people fail is like you have to have the rigor to to see it all the way through. Hmm. And as I think about what you just said, it's like we all know it's like we've print, presented the value prop, uh, proposition. We've set the expectations. We're starting to verify those expectations come through. All that takes rigor. And then the absolute just rigor of trying to push through to the finals going, here's what we delivered. Here are the results. Here's what we did. Here's where I fulfilled the promise. And that's hard to do because it holds you to account. Too. And that's where I think a lot of us run from it psychologically. It's like, oh, not only am I, you know, looking at the numbers and trying to sell you on this, I have to defend what I've done, my performance and what I've brought to the table for you. So speaking of like messaging, right? So you guys just got purchased by uh, Zillow or follow-up boss, you know, I got purchased by Zillow. It's huge news in the industry. I was at a Tom Ferry event we were sponsoring a Tom Ferry event. And then all of a sudden, it was just one of his smaller uh, edge events. And all of a sudden, it just the buzz, the buzz. started yeah. happening. People started talking. So that's how fast like the news, like it came out and then the news traveled. And you know this, like I said before we came on, you know, 50% of the industry hates Zillow. 50% of the industry, you know, is using Zillow and, and likes it. How do you control the messaging from a perspective of you've gotten bought now by Zillow that messaging from a brand standpoint, getting ahead for your clients. You guys are phenomenal. My brother uses follow-up boss, by the way, uh, and speaks insanely highly of it. Um, so it's like, how do you control that messaging and what's your thoughts on this whole acquisition? A whole lot. First of all, I think it's great for both parties. I actually went to the Zillow Unlock event um, in Austin shortly after the deal was announced right now as we're recording this we're like almost at the end of the window between announcement and the actual close of the deal it closes very soon um, and this event was also in that window and attending that event and getting to know the company better um, i also had, was in some meetings in advance uh, of that event getting clear on their vision and their motivation um was fantastic and it, and it just makes sense i mean like any small business owner so so dan corkill uh, and Tom, co-founder, um, started the business on like three grand of their own money. They own this business. They built it wow. into this That's incredible, amazing. like profitable, successful, uh, I appreciate your brother, beloved <laughs> CRM. Yep. It's open. It's flexible. Hundreds of integration partners. Um, this is the platform where you can plug anything in and unplug it when it doesn't work or you want to trade it out for something else. It's not, you're not locked into anything. It's like this open, flexible platform. Um, it's fantastic for teams again, which is the reason I started the show. And it fits a need in Zillow's vision for um, being a better place to connect buyers, sellers, real estate agents, loan officers, et cetera. Um, and the best thing is we're, we'll continue to operate as a standalone independent brand. We are follow-up boss. We were follow-up boss. Dan was our CEO. Dan is our CEO. We had about a hundred employees. We'll have about a hundred employees after the transaction closes. Everyone's coming over. Unlike some of the other, by the way, some of the other acquisitions in the space, this isn't a deal where we're looking to, you know, eliminate that department because it's redundant. Yeah. So, we're all coming over, same company, same brand, same vision. If you're a flex uh, or a uh, premier agent partner, fantastic. If you're not, no problem. You can still use follow-up boss as is. Now, in terms of how do you control the message? 
I mean, you can only go so far to the degree that the response is purely emotional and operates in the zone of the hypothetical. I've seen a lot of, like mm. I read a lot of the comments. I try not to dwell there because at a certain point they become like, they're just difficult to follow and they're impossible to respond to, especially when they get into the hypothetical. So for example, data, right? It's very clear. Our terms of service have always been very clear. Dan and the team's uh, actions and operations have always been very clear. Your data entered into the CRM is your data. And so when people start saying like, yeah, but what if the, what if this, <laughs> what if that, like you can't, I mean, you can't, this company was built by people on a core set of values with a clear purpose to deliver value for real estate agents and real estate teams and brokerages. And that's what we are tomorrow, no matter how the, how the business is capitalized, et cetera. I will say for anyone who wants to get on board, you know, we have more access to more resources than we ever did. And so the innovation that people have come to expect from us to continue to simplify the things that should be simple, to continue to build automation for the things that should be automated, to create more leverage in your business, to spend more time doing what you do best, which is the human to human endeavor, whether that's with your agents, with your staff or your staff or your agents with clients, you're going to get more of that faster. Do you think, um, because I think that's well said on like, you can't um, give in to the emotion in the headlines of the day. You got to stay resolute. And if there's anything you can learn in the political environment is how fast news comes and goes. And you have to stay like, resolute in your conviction and what you're presenting. So that I think for every small business owner, whether you're in real estate or another business, it's like, what is your core mission and vision? And maybe you call it a slogan in marketing or whatever. And how are you preaching that and evangelizing that from the rooftops over and over and over again? So it sinks into people's minds and not stooping down to fight every straw man argument. I have two questions for you, but I, I want to move to this topic of evangelism because I okay. think you're a master at it. But um, I want to hear your thoughts on the industry is changing so fast. When people buy uh, or when Zillow buys follow-up boss, the natural thought of some people is like, oh man, here's another step in the progression that Zillow will become a brokerage, right? And Zillow will ultimately have real estate agents that work for them. And if I give a comparison of industries... There's the financial service industry. We know it well because we have thousands of clients in that as well. And what's interesting about the financial service industry is you have the behemoth wirehouses, Merrill Lynch, Morgan Stanley, these massive companies with tens of thousands of advisor employees in, in essence. Then you have the independent side where these people work for themselves. They run their own teams, but they do, you know, they're brokering through maybe a, a big institution. I see real estate on a trajectory where, oh, that model seems to be coming in. You're going to have the Zillows and the Redfins have thousands of agent employees. You're going to have these independent teams. Where do you see the industry going yourself with AI coming onto the scene, with these acquisitions from Zillow, with all the tech changing? Where do you see it headed for the agent? And more importantly to where you see it headed, almost where do you, what advice would you give my little I say my he is my little brother, but he's bigger than me. <laughs> my little brother and his team just trying to be an independent type real estate team, trying to figure out what they're trying to do. You know how does they how do they compete with the Zillows of the world if that happens? What what's your thoughts there? 
Okay, a lot. That's a super big question. Yeah, good exciting. luck. I love no. <laughs> it. Um, so, in general, I will just share this philosophy. It's not completely unique, but uh, but I but I, it's a, it'll be a reminder for some people. Both and is the way, hmm. right? Hmm. We get so caught up with like, is it going to be this or is it going to be that? Well, almost every time it's going to be both and. It's going to be somewhere in the middle. The middle way is the way there's room for everybody. And, you know, as much, you know, Zillow by far, not even close. The the most traffic, the most dominant portal, like the second place is like half the traffic or something. Um, and, you know, it fluctuates a little bit, but it's like, it's not even close, but it's still a tiny fraction of the traffic overall. So there's room for everybody. And so what Zillow has done so far, like if you look at the flex program, Hey, we have all these people that are interested in buying and selling in your market. We would lo- we want a local partner who knows the local market to partner with us. And just like and this isn't unique to Zillow. Everyone has some kind of a referral program where you give me someone who is approximately ready to transact and you close that last mile because you're the local expert, we're going to split that commission, right? Like so there there these these arrangements happen everywhere. So whether you want to participate that in that or not, there are people today, despite the low inventory and despite the still relatively high rates, uh, relative to recent history, by the way, relative yeah. to overall history, there's still amazing rates. Um, that's kind of slowed the market down a bit. There are still thousands of people in your local market who need help. And it may be a consultation in advance of a decision that they're going to make 18 months from now. It could be in advance of something that they want to do 18 months from now or 18 days from now. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, uh, 18 weeks or 18 days from now. Mm-hmm. So um, to your brother or to any local expert, there is room for everyone, right? Not everyone operates with these very large uh, companies uh, that you mentioned in the financial services space. And in fact, a lot of people don't want that experience, you know, uh, they want to go with someone that they know because it's a friend of their brother or someone who went to the same high school or someone who's been in this town for 24 years and has been doing this the entire time. Um, and so that local expertise is a thing. I think what you see just kind of going back to some of the social media reaction around whether it's follow up boss and Zillow or any other news that people get like super, you know, excited about um and i'll say that just excited just to kind of keep it neutral like (laughs) what i hear over and over from the people who are productive no matter how they feel about follow-up boss or zillow or whoever else is the topic of conversation that day they say you know what i'm going to control what i can control and what i can control right now is making more touches to have more conversations to produce more appointments to produce more uh pre-approvals and showings to produce more contracts Mm to produce more clients that I can then turn into repeat and referral business in the future. That's what I'm going to focus on. Some of them choose to partner um, with any of a variety of different companies. Some of them choose to partner with Zillow in order to to produce some of those conversations. Some of them don't Um, and it's all fine. So the middle way is the way you need to figure out your own path. There is room for everyone. There's think about Amazon, right? A lot of people, um, get worked up about Amazon and what they've done to local business. And I'm among them. I really prefer the neighborhood mom and pop shop. And in general, I would prefer to get in the car, drive for seven or eight minutes, talk to somebody, interact, 
and pay 20% more in order to Mm. keep some money in my local economy and to support a small local business that adds color and flavor and texture to a neighborhood and to a city and gives it a personality and a sense of life. But I also buy a lot of stuff on Amazon, (laughs) right? It's the middle way, right? There's room for everybody operating in lots of different ways. And some people, um, I think the people who wind up getting disrupted are the ones who are not clear about who they are, what they're about, and being consistent in their action toward who they are, what they're about, the value they provide, who they provide it to, who they're best prepared to serve. And to your point earlier about when we were talking about like that, that closing that gap of like, hey, remember that thing I promised you six months ago? Remember that contract that we signed two months after that? Well, look how far we've come in the past four months. Like that, the discipline required to do that. There's discipline in this too. And and last thing I'll share, um, the best team leaders are doing what we were doing um, at BombBomb. We used a process called scaling up, but a lot of people would be more familiar with EOS, Traction, Gino Wickman, Pinnacle is another one. But it's this cadence of, you know, when I was at BombBomb, what we would do in the scaling up model is we would look at our big, hairy, audacious goal, 10 to 20 years, feels impossible, but you got to point to something. Then we'd throw it out three years and kind of like, what what are our financial targets and what are the big work areas that we're going to need to overcome to get there? Then we'd throw it out one year, we'd bring it in, and then we'd have very clear one-year targets and, and five specific or three three to five specific activity areas that roll up into the big three. And then we'd bring it down to the quarter. What do we need to get done in the next 90 days that start two weeks from today in order to achieve what we want in the quarter, in order to deliver on our on our goal for a year and in service of our three-year and ultimately our and, – and you do that every quarter on a regular cadence, and then you have daily and weekly meetings in accordance with that that structure. You don't have to go to that level of discipline But what I'm hearing from most of these team leaders is they have some version of that for their staff and for their agents. And it's just in that process of constantly going long, medium, short, immediate, long, medium, short, intimate on a regular keeps you aligned with like, where are we going? Why are we going there? Do we need to change? Are we on the right trajectory? Instead of all of a sudden, like you look up from what you're doing in your business every day and things are all different. You're like, what happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This isn't what we were hoping for or expecting. It requires that le- some basic level of discipline. I would point to episode three with Barry Jenkins, where he was very honest. He's in um, uh, Virginia Beach uh, area uh, and has built a really nice brokerage. Uh, it was a Better Homes and Gardens. Ended up merging like he was. His team was half of the brokerage, so he ended up merging them together into a team ridge. But he shared a couple of scenarios. Again, going back to referral partners, he would set up an arrangement. He was making all the three or four different people, including his agent, happy. But at the end of the day, he was he realized he wasn't making any money on the deal. But it, it wasn't until, you know, a year after he set it up and had to run a bunch of transactions through this referral scenario that he looked up and said, like, oh, this isn't actually profitable for me. It had to change. So he's like, so he's moved to a more disciplined, more frequent review and cadence of what's actually going on in the business and is it what I want for this business? So uh, I, I think if you have some basic level of discipline and rigor and vision there, and you're able to communicate that to the people around you and you're able to reflect and be honest about what we did well, what we did poorly, you're going to be fine. People need help. That's it. Mm. And and sitting around and, and pondering and wondering about um, what's going to happen versus going out and trying to have conversations with people who have questions and you can help. 
um, is is generally misspent. I, I dwell in it sometimes myself too, but I think the more that we have can have to, to your sign, the more we can have a bias toward action, the better off we are um, as long as it's focused. Yeah, it's so well said, man. So well said. Well, leave us with, because uh, I, I feel like I could talk to you all day. I feel like I'm getting, I'm just getting started totally, here. No, but uh, leave us with you. You're such a good evangelist, right? Because you're the chief evangelist uh, for follow-up boss. I don't know if you still are for Bomb Bomb. I know you were. Um, I was, yeah. Okay. So, like, what is it about the evangelism role that draws you there, and why do you think it's so important to have? Because I think if you're a small business, you, the CEO, you, the owner, are the chief evangelist, right? Uh, maybe you can't afford to have somebody like an Ethan yet, but you are it. So what is it about that role that you think is so important? Yeah, a couple of things. Uh, first, if you're innovating, you must be evangelizing. Innovation can take one of two forms. Uh, one is kind of essentially the better mousetrap. You're solving a known problem in a truly unique and different way. It's not just a subtle variation, but it's new and different. Or you're solving a, this is the other form of innovation, or you're solving a problem people don't even know that they have. That was the problem that, that we were solving at BombBomb, which no one was thinking about the consequences of entrusting their most important and valuable messages to faceless typed out text. Mm. Right. No one was thinking about that. You have to create awareness of the problem in that case. Um, uh, in, in the case of a follow up boss, I'm essentially evangel learning about teaching, educating and evangelizing around the team model itself, which is a little bit of a known problem, but in a new way. But in both cases and to speak to, you know, your your uh, I think you said your dad's job is uh, old world, new world, old world, status quo. Here's what's good. Here's what's bad. Here's what needs to change. Good news. There's a different and better way. And this is these are some of the best practices for people that are on this mission and this movement with us toward this better way of doing things. Here's what it looks like on the other side. You need to sell the transformation. One of mm. the reasons I love this role for myself um, is that it's essentially sales without having to close the sale per se. It's selling yeah. the idea. It's selling the promise. It's living in market. I, I don't know how often go to market comes up, but like so often we think about go to market and we like we hole up inside our businesses and we think about what our message and our product and our packaging and our service is going to be. And then we figure out how to go out to market um, through our networks, through our partners, with paid media, with earned media, um, et cetera. And we're, we're taking things out that we manufactured inside. If we do it super well, it's informed by what's going on in the market, what our customers are telling us, what our employees are telling us, et cetera. This is a little bit more about living in market. Mm -hmm. It's about being part of the community. It's about leading a movement within a broader community. It involves your competitors, not just your customers. It's about the problem, not about the product. So, you know, when I was at BombBomb, I wasn't out going like, bomb, 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 bomb. As much fun <laughs> as it is to say. And I'm not saying follow up boss, follow up boss, follow up boss, follow up boss. In fact, we were very intentional to create kind of a separate media brand around Real Estate Team OS because we want you to learn and grow and connect with us and the other people around this idea and this set of ideas, so this smart. set of stories, this set of best practices, this, this shared belief that we have that people should give more consideration to the team model. And here's how you might think about it too. Feel free to join us or don't. And oh, by the way, you know, if it comes up at some appropriate point, we also have a product that's fantastic for teams and team members. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's this, it's the, it's above and beyond the product itself. Um, and I think that's the way people prefer to buy these days. They want to be aligned on vision, mission, values, like the, the spirit behind the movement. Agree. In addition to the best practices, 
the peer relationships and the community that you're building around it. And I think that um, from a sales and marketing perspective, regardless of what product or service or market that you're in, if you are innovating, there is room to intentionally evangelize. To your point, it could be um, the CEO or another leader within the organization. It may not be a dedicated role per se, but this is a function that needs to exist. And I think it's characterized in part by living in market. Um, and so that might look like your team communicating a lot more, especially your customer facing team about conversations that they're having. What's happening post-sale should be communicated to the people who are customer facing pre-sale. This should be an open, you know, this is part of what it means to kind of live in market and to know the real conversation uh, and to be in real relationship with people. Wow. So good. Ethan, man, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Great insight. Love that living in market. Uh, Before we close out, uh, let people know how they can follow you uh, or just kind of connect with you. Ooh, again, th- thank you both so much. I really enjoyed this. Obviously, I get lit up on these topics, and I appreciate the <laughs> opportunity to share them with you. Um, my uh, Ethan Butte is my name. Last name is B-E-U-T-E. You can find me on basically all the social networks as Ethan Butte. Uh, the show that I just started a few months ago is Real Estate Team OS. Uh, so you can find that at realestateteamos.com or in YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, and of course, weekly email. You can sign up for it at realestateteamos.com. Lots of other places, but if you find me or the show, um, you can awesome. connect with me. Uh, you can also just email me directly, by the way. If you listen to this point in this episode, you can just email me directly with comments, questions, feedback, anything. It's just Ethan at followupboss.com. Awesome. Thanks awesome. again, Ethan. And uh, we're going to post all of those links that you mentioned uh, all in one spot here in the show notes of this episode, as well as over at staypaidpodcast.com. If you enjoyed this episode and want to show your support, head on over to Apple Podcasts, drop us a five-star review along with a comment. We'll read yours on the show. And the best way to support the show is simply to share this episode with someone that you know. If you want to get hold of me or Luke, you can email us email us at podcast at remindermedia.com. And of course you can follow us on social media. We are at stay paid podcast for this episode of stay paid. I'm Joshua Stike. Guys, I'm Luke Acre, Ethan. Phenomenal. Awesome. man. I truly feel like I could talk to you all day. I would encourage everybody to go check out his podcast. It is really good. I've been listening to it. There's so many golden nuggets on there. My uh, golden nugget for you guys to take action on, on this podcast, that I think is applicable to everyone. Um, if you're a team leader, it's 1000% applicable to you is are you locked in on the value proposition that you bring to the table? And we talked about the rigor, right, of, of outlining, right? You think of my brother, Steven, and the agents that he's recruiting to his team. And this is the value prop that we bring to the table for you. Then executing and living within that value prop. Then following up and showing the results of that value prop and seeing it come to fruition. That whole life cycle there, I think most people fail to have the rigor to get through it. And the main reason why is because they're not clear on what their value prop actually is. What is the vision, the mission? Who is it that they believe they are in the market? Because like Ethan said, you know, you're going to have a myriad of different options that happen, a myriad of different technologies that change. As long as you're locked in on who you are, what you bring to the equation, what your value proposition, your vision and mission is, that is what will make you successful. So whether you're a team lead or a single solo agent, that is important. Remember the difference between top producers and mediocre producers in every business is top producers take action. Take action on that today. 